What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode three of Throw the Podcast, brought to you by the guys over at ThrowTheX.com. I'm Ben Conrad, along with my co-host. He's the constable of craft beer. He's got a blood type of, what is it, Jay? IPA positive? IPA positive, my friend. And he is live from I-75, as always, Jay Gunner. What's up, Jay? Ben, how the hell are you? Once again, great to be with you. Uh, really excited for the show. We got some good stuff to talk about today. We sure as hell do. And we've got a great show this week and even better show next week. Yeah, Can you some, tell our audience why? Yeah, we got we got some big news. Uh, you, you heard us talk about him on previous podcasts. You, you know who he is. Um, we got Thomas Fenton coming on. He he heard the show. He loves the show. And he wants to take over Ask Jay. Now, I, I originally fought against this. Okay, but when you're as big as Thomas Fenton, you, you know, you, you just kind of get your way. You just kind of force your way into things. And uh, we're going to allow it. We're going to allow it this one time. We'll see how it goes. We're going to give him his own segment. It's it's not going to be a large segment. You know, we're just going to gonna just have him kind of do his own thing. He's going to take over Ask Jay. Submit your questions now, and uh, we'll get them to him. You can hear him live next week. Absolutely. And Thomas has a huge, and I mean huge, grasp of backstage news and information. And I can't wait to hear what he has to say next week. Uh, for those of you who are first-time listeners here on Throw the Podcast, we like to offer our opinions on current events in the pro wrestling world that we think are the most entertaining from the current week of tapings. Now, this is only episode three, but Jay, at this rate, I think it's safe to assume that we've got a solid start on, what do I always say, becoming the absolute best in mediocre pro wrestling journalism? Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right, too. And last week, we started with SmackDown because SmackDown was just flat out better. As was this week, um, <laughs> but I think it's only fair this week we start with Raw. The, the biggest thing coming out of Raw was them teasing the eventual breakup of the Shield. Jay, uh, you know, you're you're better at this than I am. Is it going to be Dean Ambrose? And is this breakup going to happen sooner or is it going to happen later? knows that yet um the the thing about the shield is wwe is going to ride them as long as they're profitable okay you got to remember wwe is a business it's a publicly owned business anything that makes them money they're going to continue doing right now the shield as a unit is making them money you know they're pushing the t-shirts they're 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 pushing the gear you know they're they're selling the advertisements and so they're just going to roll with that um as far as is is it going to be dean look everybody has been saying it's going to be dean ambrose um um, me and you had this conversation, and before the first Shield breakup, people were saying it was going to be Dean Ambrose. Uh, they, they swerved us, and they, they did a hell of a job. Seth Rollins was excellent. I thought he was a great heel. Um, this, this time, for anybody out there that doesn't think that WWE pays attention to the IWC, okay, this is proof positive. Look at this week's Raw. They did nothing but tease Dean Ambrose being the one to turn on the Shield. It, it was blatant. It was throughout the entire show. That's pretty much the only thing that we really had to talk about in Raw, because the entire show was, is it going to be Dean Ambrose turning on the shield? And uh, you, you know, I think they did something really smart, or maybe they did something real smart. I, I don't know if they're going to follow through with it, but everyone suspecting Dean Ambrose turning on the shield, Ben, I think it should be Roman Reigns. Okay, now, now hear me out. Okay, I'm, I'm listening. Please. 
if Roman Reigns was the one to actually turn on the shield, okay? You're su- you're suggesting right now you know, we had the the plan B with Seth Rollins years ago. Are, are you you're suggesting a plan C? I, I I think it's brilliant. Okay, now number one, is it going to happen? Probably not. I would say ninety percent sure that they would never go this way because they want Roman Reigns to be the new John Cena. And I get it. You know, the kids love him, cheer for him every time he comes out, and of course they buy all of his stuff. But um, just like they did the first Shield breakup, how they swerved us. If Roman Reigns actually turned on the Shield, if Roman Reigns was the reason that the shield broke up not only would he be the biggest heel in the company right now i would argue that he would be one of the biggest heels in the history of the company off the top of my head i could only think of two others okay i could think of early 90s sergeant slaughter uh becoming an iraqi sympathizer and the kind of heat i mean that guy was getting like death threats okay yeah that was <laughs> yeah and, yeah and number two Shawn Michaels super kicking Marty Jannetty through the barbershop window. Okay, minus those two, Ben, can can you think of any other time in WWE history where there would have been a bigger turn that that they would have created a bigger heel? Um, I really can't. Um, what what comes to mind is uh, WCW, uh, Hollywood Hulk Hogan uh, joining the NWO. Um, being the, the the third member, I think that was probably the the biggest heel turn of all time. Um, I think Roman Reigns now has the potential to be to be in that class of heel turns. Um, and, and you said you you give it a ninety percent chance that the WWE doesn't follow suit. I'm going to tell you why they're going to. I'm going to drop a little knowledge on you, okay? I'm, you're usually the smart one, and I'm usually the drunk one. But this week is going to be different for at least one segment. I'm going to be the drunk one and the smart one at the same time. Now, hear me out. You mentioned the IWC. Now, it's funny how we've been talking about the eventual Shield breakup since the day they reunited. You know, that's the society we're in now. We just can't wait to see a good breakup. Now, all you people craving for a breakup, please go watch the Kardashians. Because I like my shield together. I like my shield drama free. But unfortunately, on Raw, when you know, there's a little bit of drama. But let me tell you, Dean Ambrose will not be the member that brings down the shield this time. They will go with plan C. And here's why. In 2012, WrestleMania 28, John Cena versus The Rock. Okay, now it was a year-long build. Highest grossing WrestleMania ever. It was a holy shit moment. Okay, that's what I like to call a holy shit moment. Holy crap moment. I'm not. I don't know if I'm. I should swear on here. I don't know how. I, iTunes is going to get mad at you for that one, but but we'll roll with it. I'm going to call it a holy crap moment. Um, and it was. It was huge. Like I said, highest grossing WrestleMania ever. You, you can't argue with that. Now, fast forward two years to 2014, uh, which was. Possibly the biggest holy crap moment in recent memory, Brock Lesnar defeating The Undertaker, ending that 21-0 WrestleMania streak. Also in 2014, you had Plan B. Seth Rollins in the infamous chair shot to the back of Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns, which was a curveball because it was supposed to be Dean Ambrose then, and it wasn't. Also in 2014, Sting's debut. I call it a holy crap moment. We've seen the Vignettes that were kind of 
you know, what, what is this a crow? And I'll be, you know, we kind of, you know, the smarts put two and two together, but then there he was for the first time in WWE. Fast forward a couple years, 2016 Goldberg's return. Now I don't consider this a Holy crap moment. I mean, he was being advertised beforehand. Yeah. He was in the hall of fame ceremony, blah, blah, blah. My point is we're due for another Holy. We're due for a Holy shit moment. And I'm not afraid to say that. And I think Vince McMahon knows that, especially at a time now, remember, Monday Night Raw is a direct competitor to the NFL on Monday nights. And he knows he needs one of those one of those moments. What better time to do it? It's going to be Roman Reigns. Or you know what? You know what, Jay? I'm sorry, but maybe it'll be Seth Rollins again. I mean, wouldn't that be wouldn't that be a, the ultimate swerve? I mean, I don't know how you do that to to Seth Rollins with his momentum that he's got right now. But you need a you'd make a monster heel out of him again, and that would be just the absolute biggest swerve. But it will not be Dean Ambrose. Mark my words. And I think you said something really smart, which is hard for me to say because it rarely happens. I told you this week is different. I'm, I'm, I'm the drunk one and the smart one. Well, I don't even think that you know you said it. You said that you don't think that it'll you don't think that it can be Seth Rollins because of the momentum that he's got going. And I think that you are completely wrong, but you're, you're on the right path. OK, Um one thing that I've noticed that they love doing with Roman Reigns is they take people that are already over. They take people that are already at the level they want Roman Reigns to be, and they turn them just to face Roman Reigns. Case in point, Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman was a monster face. He was getting crowd reaction. Okay. He was doing everything that they want out of Roman Reigns. Okay. The men were cheering him. The women were cheering him. The kids were cheering him. He was selling merchandise. He was doing everything. And what did they do when he had to go up against Roman? They turned him for no other reason than, hey, we want Roman Reigns to be this guy. As a matter of fact, I think me and you talked about this uh, a couple podcasts ago um, about how ridiculous it was. How you, how you, no, it was the, the Hell in a Cell podcast we did about how they already had a superstar doing what they want Roman Reigns to do. And instead of just going with the flow and rolling with it, they completely change course and they turn him heel to try to get Roman over. Um, you know, they had a they had a superstar. You're like you said, that was at the point of a Roman Reigns esque spot in the main event. But the difference is he got there organically and, and we're talking about Braun Strowman, correct? He got there. I, you know, it's hard in this business to say completely on his own. You know, obviously he's booked a certain way, but he got the, he was never forced down our throats like Roman Reign was. And so so to get that organic crowd reaction and then them turn him, which I thought was way too soon, says a lot about the WWE and their their stance on Roman Reigns in keeping him as that ultimate face and needing that ultimate heel now to combat Roman Reigns. 
And, and I think that, you know, you're, you're basically proving my point that it can't be Roman Reigns. The, the WWE, as much as we'd like to say, oh, man, the WWE would love to do something that just blows everybody's mind. And, and don't get me, dude, if they turn Roman Reigns, you're going to see that on like major news sources. I'm, I'm not talking about wrestling. I am talking about ESPN. I am talking about actual news that you watch. Absolutely. And that was the point that I tried to make earlier. Now, uh, apparently I'm, I'm better at proving your point than I am my own, which is OK. But as a direct competitor, like I said to the NFL on Monday nights, I mean, oh, you turn on ESPN and what do you see? It's, it's NFL highlights all week. Wait, I mean, I'm not playing I love football, but I love my wrestling, too. Um. You know what? They've got to do something to. They've got to do something to, to stay alive in a rating sense. Moving on, let's talk about SmackDown because it was better for the second week in a row again. Um, they they opened the show up with uh, Ms. T- I mean <laughs> Truth TV, which was fantastic. Uh, it was a breath of fresh air. What'd you think about it, Jay? You know what? You're absolutely right. I loved it. Now, okay, look, Truth actually kind of screwed up a bunch of times during his his whole monologue. I think that's just. I don't think he screwed up. You you watch the guy talk and you you hear him. He kind of mumbles his words a little bit, but he. I don't think he screws up. That's just the way he is and the way he talks. Even if he screwed up, I don't care. It was entertaining as hell. Okay, like uh, um. When he when he basically, you know, he was talking about the Miz and and going on about him and um, he called Maurice other Carmella. Okay, and then totally organically, you know, the the crowd cheered and you could tell it wasn't even scripted. He just looked over at her and he was like, good idea, dyeing the hair. You were starting to confuse people. And it was hilarious. You know, I laughed. I was sitting in my front room drinking a beer and I laughed. What what kind of beer were you drinking? Hold on. I'm going to have to cut you off here because we didn't even get to we didn't even get to the goofy beer you got this week, Jay. That was the talk of the town last episode. Your double was it hearts and napalm? Heart, yeah, yeah, heart and, and napalm. And the week before that was a, a donut beer from, dare I say it, Ohio. Yeah, it was glazed. I mean, come on, what did you redeem yourself with this week? Please, please tell me something. Good. Look, I, I I knew I was going to get shit from you. I knew it, so I dipped back into Michigan. Okay, we went to Williamston, Michigan. Uh, we're doing Cart Horse. Okay, it's a it's, it's a New England India Pale Ale IPA, IPA positive. It's uh, delicious, okay. and it's from your home state of Michigan. I figured, how much could you possibly give me for drinking a Michigan beer? I that's actually that's redeeming yourself. Yeah, I mean the, the, the fact horse. that you stopped your SmackDown rant to figure out what beer I was drinking. That that just goes to show that the solid three to four tweets that we got about my beer drinking, you know, is is really propelling the show. It's really it's really putting it on a different level. Well, something's got to do it, Jay. Please continue. We're talking about our truth and the way he just kind of organically. That's going to be my new word today, I think. How many times do you think I'm going to say that in this episode? Organically. Organically. Just It just happens organically. Well, it's the truth. Okay, you want to talk about organically. Like, um, Carmella Organic. was a huge heel. They just kind of pair her up with our just, truth. 
organically did they do it organically yeah and then organically she's she's actually pretty funny like the uh the, yeah. this, they brought out daniel bryan okay to talk about the miz and then mm-hmm. they ask him a question before he can yeah, uh, let me just daniel bryan is a vegan uh organically yeah, yeah he's an organic vegan. yeah right let me just organically stop calling stuff organic Organically speaking. Yeah, so we'll they, cut we'll cut that out, but Yeah, so our truth, okay, they, they bring out Daniel Bryan. And uh they ask him a question, you know, about the Miz, and it's this sophisticated, you know, like deep question coming from our truth, which kind of freaked me out, you know. I'm like, you know, where the hell did that come from? And then right before he starts to answer, they stop for a seven second dance break. That is hilarious to me. Okay, Daniel Bryan himself started cracking up, and you you could tell that it was he wasn't supposed to, he wasn't scripted to. It was just so damn funny that he couldn't hold it in. He just started laughing because it was a great moment. And you know, this is coming from our truth, a guy that disappeared from TV for damn near a year, and then suddenly you know reappears in this you know new comedy role that he's doing. He's opening up SmackDown with with a talk show that he got from The Miz, and. For me, I mean, minus maybe maybe some of the Becky Lynch stuff, it, it was one of the best moments on SmackDown. Yeah, you know, he disappeared from TV for a year, like you said. It's hard to believe that this guy, R-Truth, whose real name is Ron Killings, was in prison for over a year for selling pot. I mean, him and his dad, you know, just to, just to get by when he was, when he was a teen. Yeah, you're right. And, and you know, and, it's, he's a great success. And looking at him now, you, you, you never would think, you know, you, that just shows you, you can't judge people. Um, you know, I mean, he just, he seems like an all around good dude. You can tell Daniel Bryan was genuinely and organically enjoying every second of that segment. Um, I will have to add, I think Carmella, she looked kind of out of place. Uh, she tried to chime in a couple times. Came over as awkward, at least to me. Um, I think she was kind of being ignored by the other two guys in the ring with her. It reminded me almost of a uh, Ricky Bobby when he couldn't figure out how to do it, what to do with his hands. <laughs> you know, what do I do with my hands right now? That was kind of Carmella to me. Jay, can we get a seven second dance break, please? Dude, you're supposed to cut you're supposed to cut that off and play some funk music for seven seconds, please. Can you just cut that out and play me some funk music? Okay, uh Okay. Ben, All right, that, that's that, that exactly was, what I needed. Ben, that was the most horrible segment that you've ever came up with. I didn't come up with it, our truth did. Okay, Ben, that is the most horrible segment that you stole ever. And that's saying a lot because you've stole a lot of segments over the years. Okay, um, you know, can I do something? These real things quick? just these things just come to me organically. Let me do something really quick. Okay, um, 
you know, this wasn't on the show sheet, but the more and more I think about it, we're talking about Daniel Bryan, you know, being out there talking about his match against the Miz. Um, of course, as for the number one contender to the title, um, what has Daniel Bryan done to be in this match? Okay, now, now look, I, I might get some heat for this. I might get some people pissed off at me for this. Oh, you're going to get some heat. You're going to get some mailbag heat. You're going to get some Twitter direct message heat yeah, but, on this one. But, you but, know but please continue. because you just care because I'm right. Now, Daniel Bryan came back, okay? He came back from what should have, could have possibly ended his career. Um, now, everybody knows Daniel Bryan's story. He was an indie darling, came to WWE, got fired twice, kept coming back because the fans wanted him. Okay, the, the, the fans loved him. He was an actual wrestler. Like, he actually said it during WWE broadcast, which was weird at the time because that's when the whole wrestler thing was banned. You know, everybody was a superstar. They're entertainers. And he'd go out to the ring and be like, no, I'm a wrestler. I'm the greatest wrestler here. And he was right. He was the greatest wrestler here. Everyone cheered for him. They had the Raw takeover. Everybody wanted to see Daniel Bryan because he was the underdog. He was the great wrestler that just wouldn't quit. The fans wouldn't let him quit. And the fans basically forced Daniel Bryan down WWE's throat. Um, they, they forced WWE to change plans for major pay-per-views just because the, the fans revolted. Okay. Now, he comes back. He does a storyline. What? Now, he comes back. Okay. Since he's been back, what has he done? What feud has he won? There was one big cast. Your favorite wrestler of all time is the only feud that he actually did anything for. And who knows how that feud was actually supposed to turn out. Okay, because you got to remember, Big Cass was getting nuclear heat backstage at that time. He got got fired in the middle of his his actual run with Daniel Bryan. Okay, what were the actual plans for that? Were they using Daniel Bryan to push Cass? Who who knows? Uh, WWE doesn't think that far ahead. I don't even know if they knew what they were doing yet. But since he's came back, he's lost to the Miz twice. He pretty much hasn't been in any title picture. And for some reason, we're supposed to believe that he is fit to be in this number one contender match. Daniel Bryan was an oddity. Daniel Bryan was the wrestler, the indie wrestler who the fans just couldn't get enough of. You know what's happened since he's gotten injured? Since he was injured and came back? We got Finn Balor. We got an internet darling, small, great wrestler in the WWE. Then you know who we got? We got AJ Styles. We got a guy that spent his life in the indies. Indy darling, best wrestler in the world. Best wrestler in the world that finally made it to WWE. And not only did he make it, okay, he made it. He stayed healthy. He won the title. He broke records. He's still champion. Okay, and he is still at the top of his game. I mean, this this guy is not a young guy anymore, okay? And he is still pushing boundaries with every match that he has. His match with Joe, I thought was fantastic. Okay, so so explain to me. Love Daniel Bryan. Uh, from what I hear, he is a great person outside of wrestling. You can tell that he is just such a nice guy, like his normal interactions when he goes off script. You can tell that he's, he's just a great guy to be around, and I'm not taking that away from him. He's still probably a good wrestler, 
But storyline wise, Ben, tell me, what has he done to deserve this match? Um, I think what he's done to deserve this match is the fact. Uh, and I say this kind of hesitantly, but it's the fact that he, his name is Daniel Bryan. Um, it, it's what he's done in the past. And, and I, as much as I hate to take your side right now, because there's nothing more than I would love more than to, 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 to have this hate mail that we're about to get in our inbox directed solely at you. But you're right. Um, in ring, uh, it's the matches are kind of redundant. Um, on microphone, kind of redundant. You know, it, it's it's very PG for me, and I'm not usually one of those that likes to complain about the PG because I understand where the WWE is coming from. But I'm gonna punch you in the face. You're a coward. You're a big mean guy and I'm Daniel Bryan and I'm just I'm just going to punch you. I'm just going to punch you because you're a bad guy and I'm a good guy. Of course, I exaggerate a little bit. But you're catching my drift. That's kind of the Daniel Bryan that we have unfortunately. He's not really pushing boundaries anymore. Um Having said that, I I think the Miz is currently still pushing boundaries. I mean, the guy changes his ring attire from week to week, and I love the feud. It, so it's not necessarily that I, I I still am high up on Daniel Bryan like I was three, four years, five, six years ago. Um. I'm high up on this feud. I'm a Miz guy. You know I'm a Miz guy. Anybody you put him in the ring with, I'm going to be high up on. So, having said that, this number one contenders match, Shay, is it too early to make a prediction? Or do you want to wait until next week uh, when we do our our predicts for the the Australia bout? I'm going to wait till next week, but I I do want to say this. Like, Give you some time to sit on it. Yeah, but you know what? I I, I said this on past podcasts. I think it's pointless. Um, Okay, you wanted to have this match. You're you're telling me that this match was pre-planned. Why'd you have Daniel Bryan lose twice to The Miz? Well, could it have been a contract thing? I mean, maybe we can get more info from... Uh, you know, Thomas uh, Fenton next week. You know what? And he is an absolute pipeline when it comes to, to that stuff. But sure, it, he'll throw you a rope anytime. I, dude, I'm telling you. And my, my only thing is, uh, look, if you're going to have this match, this should have been a rubber match. OK, ha- sure. Have Daniel Bryan lose the first match. OK, have Daniel Bryan win the second match and then say, hey. Rubber match, third match, not only is this to decide the feud, this is also to become a number one contender. Um, Right now, there's no minus the Miz winning, which completely ruins Daniel Bryan, which brings up the contract thing. But Daniel Bryan wins. The Miz can turn around and say, hey, he's beat me once. I beat him twice. 
Why is he getting a title shot? I mean, maybe that's what they're going for. You know, they're trying to fit all the wrestlers on the card. Maybe Daniel Bryan wins. Miz uses that and says, hey, I beat him twice. He beat me once. Why am I being left out? And they'll say, oh, okay, yeah, we're going to make it a triple threat match because you're right. But come on. You know, okay, you're right. Now, we do... I don't know if you want to call it a rubber match. Obviously, uh, Miz is, is two, two and zero oh right now. But now you've kind of, and this is something that most people haven't really thought about. Now you've got our truth, okay? Out of all people in the mix, I, I think what WWE was trying to do on Raw on Monday was just a one-off segment, just a funny. You know, some comic relief. But with the reaction that segment got, I think it's safe to assume that Truth TV is going to be back. He may have something to do with this feud with Daniel Bryan, possibly the match in Australia. Um, And if you ask me, honestly, hopefully we get to see that much anticipated animal segment that he was talking about. You know, I my favorite part, by the way, is when Truth said to the Miz, "If you had a championship, it'd be mine." So I just took your talk show. <laughs> How do you respond to that? You can't. I found that hilarious. I don't know. I I uh, I think our Truth is uh, going to have a talk show for at least the next couple weeks and and possibly play a role in this feud. What else happened on SmackDown? Oh, well, we, we had, had Becky Lynch. Love me some Becky Lynch. I know you love you some uh, Becky Lynch. Who was, who was great as always in the ring. Her promo uh, backstage with Maurice, I thought it was excellent. She came off like a you-know-what. Oh, man. And that's, what, and that's what the game plan was, and she just has perfected it. Um, we saw Randy Orton attack Ty Dillinger. Where the hell seemingly, did that come from? Seemingly out of nowhere, and, and, and he said backstage was, uh, what do you say, uh, this perfect 10 crap, I'm sick of it. Uh, okay, well, Randy, we'll see where that goes. We saw some progression in the breakup with uh, Rusev and Aiden English, that, that we called which almost went almost exactly how I predicted. You remember I said, well, actually, I said that Lana would be the one that frames Aiden English to cause friction between the three, but it looks like English is going to be causing the problems here. Well, let's see what um, happened in Milwaukee before we make any judgment on, on who's causing the actual breakup. We will see, but let me just say shame on you, Aiden English. What happens in Milwaukee stays in Milwaukee. What is your problem, bro? Now, at the end of SmackDown, which was... Possibly my favorite part, better than Truth TV. Sorry, Truth. Give me that animal segment. I won't say that anymore. At the end of SmackDown, we saw Samoa Joe showing up at AJ Styles' house while Styles was thousands of miles away in the stadium. Great segment. Was it not, Jay? Was it your, was it your favorite segment? Or are you still gung-ho on Truth TV? You, you know what? If you would have gave us the animal segment, it, it would have been number one with a bullet. But I'm right there. God, with it's got to be awesome. I mean, your 
you said it in previous podcasts, the, the best type of feuds are the ones that get personal. Okay. You can think of a lot of them. Most of them involve Randy Orton breaking into somebody's house and, and crap like that. Okay. Triple H did it as, you know, they're, they're always the best. And the way that they set that up was beautiful. Was AJ Styles being in the ring, ready to sign the contract, Joe's music hitting, him not coming out. Joe's music hitting again, him still not coming out. Him showing up on the on the big screen, you know, and, and him going on talking about AJ's family. Hey, you're thousands of miles away. Hey, why don't you why don't you grab your phone and call your wife? Oh, that's right. You don't bring your phone to the to the ring with you. Them them flash in the mailbox that had styles written across it. Um, and the way they ended it, it was beautiful. Him standing in front of the door, like talking to Wendy and like, hey, daddy's home. Knocking on the doors like, holy shit. Yeah, you know, Jay, having having a wife and a, and a young and a young child like you, that's got to kind of hit home a little bit. Right. I mean, you, you, you know, it's kayfabe, but you, you look at the segment while you're watching live and you kind of put yourself in the shoes of AJ Styles, standing there in the ring, just helpless, no cell phone, thousands of miles away. You know, it, it, it just kind of touches a nerve a little bit, does it? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's fake. You know, it's scripted. You know, backstage, AJ Styles and, and uh, Samoa Joe are really good friends. OK, they talked about it on screen a little bit um, about their past and, you know, them being good friends for a long time. But you're right. I mean, the absolute best forms of enter- entertainment are the ones that get you immersed, the ones that get you to forget that it's a movie or that it's music or, or that it's fake or that it's scripted. And this is one of those things, you know, like as a family man, you sit there and you just look at it. And you're like, oh, my God, if that was me, I'd I'd kill him. You know, I'd, I'd go hunt him down or whatever. And, and you're right. You know, as a family guy, that's what I was thinking. I'm looking at that and I'm like, dude. Man, if somebody showed up to my door, I couldn't. And then I caught myself, you know, after the show and I started thinking about it. And I'm like, wow, that was really well scripted because I totally wasn't even thinking about it, you know, as a script anymore. I was like, oh, my God, what is he going to do? Is he going to kick down the door? You know, is Wendy going to answer? I was nervous. I, You know, I'm a I'm a 29 year old man. I was nervous. Now, I mean, the video was clearly shot at an earlier time. Uh, which is the reason for the vague responses from AJ Styles in the ring. Um, he was basically just talking to a pre-recorded video. Um, I'm glad WWE didn't shoot Joe's portion in the afternoon. You know, it just kind of seems like something that the WWE would do. Yeah, that would have been a but little they, they kept the continuity, so good for them. But nonetheless, it was a pretty freaking awesome segment, just like everything else has been in this feud. Um, It's been one of the most entertaining real segments I've probably seen in the last 10 years, possibly ever. Um, You know, this feud started, what, two months ago? And honestly, I wouldn't mind if it lasted another two years. That's how good it's been. And and you know what? I actually think it's going to end on Super Showdown. And and I have my prediction, Ben. Do you want my prediction of how this feud's going to end? Uh... I don't know if I want your prediction yet. Uh, do we wait until until predicts, or are you I'm just that anxious to get you, it off your you chest want right now? My prediction. Yeah, you better give it to me. All right, too damn bad. You're waiting until the prediction show. But, <laughs> oh, you son of a bitch! But I will tell you that I think that this match is going to be one of 
it's going to be a masterpiece. I think it is going to go down in the AJ Styles book of just phenomenal things that he has done. I, I think it's going to be gritty. I think it's going to be just absolute mayhem. I'm going to, I'll guess that there's not even to be a whole lot of actual wrestling. I think that these two people are just going to beat the hell out of each other. I'm going to be there. I'm going to watch it. I'm it's going to be great. It's going to be phenomenal. I already used that joke earlier, but thank you. He, he is a, he is, he is phenomenal. He is a wrestler. His, his promos have been phenomenal, but let me just say Samoa Joe you know, I'm an AJ Styles guy, okay? He, I mean, he's the best in the world. Samoa Joe, his promos have been a notch above. I mean, they're nothing short of genius. I mean, he is just so convincing as a heel. He makes everything real. Like, I'm 29 years old. He scares me. If I see Samoa Joe walking towards me in the street, I don't care if it's one in the afternoon. I'm turning around and I'm sprinting the opposite way. I'm not walking. I'm running. I might knock on a neighbor's door and ask him to come inside and use his telephone. That's how much this guy scares me. Yeah, he's one of those guys. I mean, like uh, Braun Strowman, okay? From from everything you hear about him backstage, Braun Strowman's actually a really nice guy, okay? And Braun Strowman, you see him, you'd say, hey, man, great work. Love what you're doing. Keep it up. You look at Samoa Joe, and it's like, dude, if I saw him at the airport, I'd change my flight. You know, I don't want to be anywhere around this guy. I mean, I'm not saying he's not a nice guy. He's probably a great guy backstage. But but just the way he comes off, he's so pure and genuine, genuine and organic. He is very organic. Yeah, that, that I mean, it's just, it's fantastic. His character's great. Everything about Samoa Joe is great. You know, let me just tell you a story about uh, a couple, was it a year, maybe a year and a half, two years ago. I actually ran into Daniel Bryan at the airport in Phoenix. Um, it was really early in the morning or late at night for you, you late nighters. Uh, I'm guessing probably around three or four. It was a red eye. And I literally ran into Daniel Bryan. I was uh, texting and walking, which I don't condone. And the only two people in this hallway, ter- this terminal hallway, were me and Daniel Bryan himself. And I literally ran into him, or he ran into me. Bump shoulders, I almost dropped my laptop. He looks up and apologized, says, hey, I'm sorry about that. And I didn't say a word. I just looked up and I said, holy shit, it's Daniel Bryan. And I just kept walking. Now, if that were Samoa Joe, I would have said, hey, Joe, where are you flying to tonight? Because... I'm about to change my flight and fly 10,000 miles in the opposite direction because you scare me. I'm 29 years old and you scare me that bad to where I want to put thousands of miles between us. That's how convincing he is. See, see, Ben. Daddy's home, Wendy. Daddy's home. Ben, That's scary, man. Do you know how I know that you're lying? Is because if... That, I'm not lying. Hold on. If that was Samoa Joe... You wouldn't have said any of that because you would have bumped into him and he would have immediately put you to sleep for even thinking about grazing up against him. You're probably right. I hadn't thought about that before, but you're pro- I would have just volunteered. I said, hey, give me my nummy and, and my blankie and I will just go to sleep on my own, sir. No need for the clutch. 
Daddy's home. All right, all right. Ben, I'm gonna hear me, that in my dreams tonight. Give me some. Uh, I know, and and let me say before you get to it. Look, I know we got a couple messages. Oh no, 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 no! Don't don't rush me out of this segment. You want to get to some NXT, don't you? I really want. Is that get what to you're rushing NXT. me for? I really want to get to some NXT. We'll get to some. Okay, we'll get to some NXT. Now NXT should be an acronym for nothing but excellent television because that's consistently what it is. Um, I agree with you. And uh, I just, okay, look, we got a little flack last week for not really talking about NXT. And let me just, just let me clear the air here a little bit. Okay. NXT was taped Um, on this particular show. We don't try to do spoilers. All right. We uh, now the backstage news stuff. Yeah. We talk about that all the time, but uh, as far as spoilers go, you know, when it's always better to actually watch the program. Like if you want spoilers, there's a million wrestling websites out there. They all copy off each other. Just go ahead, jump on one of them. You can read who won the matches. And so we really didn't go through it last week. Um, Our bad, I guess. Um, We'll, we'll, even though it's, you know, some of the tape stuff, we'll try to delay it a little bit. We only talk about like the live programming we watched. Uh, So so that's it. I wanted to apologize to the people that got mad about that and uh, go for it. Go on, Ben. Okay. But you're a lot nicer than I am. Okay. We're running a little short on time today. Um, we like to keep the show under an hour, given the fact that wrestling fans typically have the attention span of goldfish. Uh, you know, we're not exactly, we're not exactly graduating at the top of our class. If you know what I mean. Um, and I guarantee I get haters blowing on my inbox on Twitter for that. That just that just set them off right there. You're going to get like Chad from San Francisco talking about, hey, when I graduated high school, I was in the top 5% there, Ben. What do you think about that? Screw you, Chad from San Francisco. Listen, I'm one of you. It's okay if I say it. We're bizarre people. We really are. We're weird. Listen, here's what we do. We woo. We woo for grown men slapping the bare chest of other grown men okay and we do this several times a week for infinite weeks there's no off season for infinite weeks <laughs> moving on jay i'm gonna let you get in some quality nxt time because i know you're you're dying for it uh, before we shut it down for the night go ahead the floor is yours my friend you know what nxt you're right nxt is the best wrestling okay for if you are a pure wrestling fan if you are listening to this podcast you're one of them if you're looking around the room trying to figure out who we're talking about we're talking about you okay nxt is the greatest show to watch hands down okay they put on phenomenal phenomenal matches it doesn't matter who's going at it right now you have the making of what i think is just going to be what nxt's 13th five-star match of the year something like that okay you got adam cole you got pete dunn and you got ricochet it was ricochet versus pete dunn uh, I think it was according to the tapings. I think it was last week. Um, who, who it was a great match, and then they all got the absolute crap stomped out of them, you know, to to make sure that there wasn't an actual ending. Uh, so which which that's how Adam Cole got inserted in this whole thing. So you, you got kind of a three way matches for the North American Championship, and I can't wait. Like 
I am fired up. I don't understand how they're putting this on a normal NXT show. Okay, this is a made-for-takeover moment. You're taking three of, I don't know, my top five guys that are in NXT right now, and you're putting them in the same match? This is going to be insane. Uh, they're, I can't even think of the stuff that they're going to come up with. I mean, Adam Cole and Ricochet tore the house down at takeover okay the the moonsault where he got super kicked while he was upside down still goes down as one of the craziest spots i've ever had the pleasure to see yeah it it was amazing you know i i still watch replays of that just because damn you know can't believe they even thought of that let alone did it so um yeah i mean you can end it undisputed era kind of you know, get involved. Uh, maybe that'll lead into War Games. War Games is, of course, the next NXT takeover. War Games two. Maybe that'll lead into one of the War Games matches. Um, not a hundred percent sure. Um, but what I can tell you, Ben, what I want to get your opinion on. Okay, of course, he is the UK champion. How great! is this guy and how much better do you think that he could possibly get? I mean, it seems like every match he's in, he's, he's just absolutely bringing the house down. Pete Dunn is Pete Dunn is a bona fide superstar. He does not have the look of a bona fide superstar. Um, he does not have the in ring, uh, the in ring, what do you call it? I mean, I don't want to say the in-ring ability because his ability far surpasses almost anybody on the roster. Maybe pedigree. He doesn't, he doesn't have the wrestling. He doesn't have the WWE style of wrestling that they have been breeding for years now. And he's a such a breath of fresh air. I, you know, I mark out. Seeing him stopping on a guy's hands, bending his knuckles, you know, bending his his index finger, you know, back to his wrist. You know, that's not something that I'm used to seeing. That's not something that any of us are used to seeing on WWE television or anywhere in the world for that matter. I mean, that's a that's a British style of grappling wrestling that he is just perfected and is so good at. And he's just amazing to watch. Anybody he's in the ring with, he can carry to have a fantastic match, uh, which it makes this all the more special because he's going to be in the ring with Adam Cole and Ricochet. Neither of those two men have to be carried by any means. They're both in their own right bona fide superstars. Um, which is going to make this match. Jay, is it too early for a uh, NXT prediction by chance? Or do you want to wait on that one too? You don't seem to be willing to tell these people any anything yet. You're, you're waiting to hear from Thomas Fenton next week, I think, before you make your predictions. Yeah, I mean, I, I do want to wait just because, you know, that is a different show. We're just, you know, we're just kind of kind of talking about what happened on NXT. And, um, but you're, you're right about everything that you said, which I'm really getting sick say, of saying that. Yeah, let me just say I will agree with you. Pete Dunne, Adam Cole, Ricochet are three, probably three of my top five or six 
wrestlers on NXT, I would throw Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, and I would honestly throw Lars Sullivan into the mix. Um, who I've been really high up on lately. We'll get to Lars Sullivan on next week's show. Don't worry. Not going to bore you with that stuff. Um, that's about the time we have for this week. Jay, do you want to add anything for NXT or can I end this? Let me add that if you took Pete Dunn's matches with Tyler Bate and you just put them back to back to back to back to back, I would watch it as a single pay-per-view and it would be my favorite pay-per-view of the year. Yeah, let me end this damn show so I can watch the uh, Pete Dunn Tyler Bate match from uh, last year, the uh, match of the year, match probably of the last five years in uh, Takeover Chicago. Um, that is all the time we have for this week's episode. Thank you, Jay, for taking up all our time with NXT. You kept going over time. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Don't forget Thomas Fenton. The Thomas Fenton is going to be the third leg, if you will, on this podcast next week. So any questions for Thomas can be. <laughs> so any, so any questions, <laughs> get it all out and then redo it. Okay. All right. Now don't forget Thomas Fenton. The Thomas Fenton is going to be the third leg, if you will. <laughs> I didn't even laugh that time. You can't even blame that one on me. Isn't that funny, though? That is funny. I threw that in the last minute right That's before great. you called me. All right, now don't forget Thomas Fenton. The Thomas Fenton is going to be the third leg, if you will, on this podcast next week. So any questions for Thomas can be submitted to him directly on Twitter at Thomas Fenton, WNW. That's at Thomas Fenton. WNW or to us here at TTX Wrestling. Now, Jay, it's been real. Play me some damn music to send me out. Thank you. Yeah, we definitely are. We're fucking good. <laughs> <laughs>